Right, Matthew chapter 10. Please, Matthew chapter 10. Kind of exciting. Uh, here we get to uh, change subjects in Matthew. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, moving into a different section of Matthew's take and Matthew's presentation of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah that was promised all down through history. Um, so, oh, I don't have my PowerPoint. My wife is passing things out. All right, Matthew chapter 10. Why don't we read verses 1 through 9 together, please? Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, and Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, uh, and Libius, whose name, surname is Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritans enter not, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey. And we'll pick that up later on as we cover what Jesus gives them. Jesus sends out his disciples for the first time. So that's what we'll be looking at this morning. So by way of a little bit of a review... So Jesus sends them out. Uh, we had seen so far Matthew's focus about Jesus fulfilling all the Old Testament and Jesus being the king that was come to sit on the throne of David, the promised Messiah, king of the Jews. He, we looked at these. Chapter 1, we looked at his genealogy, how important his royal line was through his mother and his father. We saw that through the book of Luke as well. Uh, we talk about the Magi. Matthew is the only gospel that deals with the fact that uh, astrologers and wise men from another country showed up because they understood that the king of the Jews would be born. The other three Gospels don't cover that. Matthew does because he's trying to focus on the royalty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we talked about the herald of the king who John the Baptist shows up and said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We talked about uh, his proving where he is taken into the wilderness and tested by the devil. Okay, that uh, he had to prove his worth. And we talked about that over and over and over before any person, any person is given a ministry and given a responsibility in the Lord, God kind of puts them to the test. Okay, and again, just to give you a heads up on that, that is not unheard of. Okay, how many of you got a driver's license without taking a driver's test? Okay, how many of you passed a grade in school without having to pass quizzes and tests? How many of you have to do continuing learning in which every couple of years you've got to take tests to prove you still know what you know? Okay, we, we do this all the time. We, how 
dare God put me to the test before he lets me serve him? We do it to each other all the time. Okay, sometimes we don't give God the credit that we use all the time. Okay, um, I, uh, when my children, the church has a ride-on lawnmower. Okay, and uh, we were here as pastor in times where my boys were getting old enough to mow the lawn. Okay, you know what happened. I didn't say, oh, here's the keys. Go knock yourself out. No, it, there was a time of training. All right, drive around a little bit. Okay, you're not ready. Okay, because we're tested every time. Well, the Lord himself exampled that to us. That he even had to go through a proving time. Not because there was anything imperfect and he was incapable. God, so much of what Jesus did is a living example for you and I. That as God is ready to use us, before Jesus Christ stepped out into his public ministry, he exampled to us that he was proven. He was tested. All right. Then we talked about the tenets of the kingdom, his constitution if you uh, the sermon on the mount as jesus lists all these things that if you are going to be a follower of me it can't be like the righteousness quote unquote that the uh, pharisees use that there's a different kind of illustration that your life should have and jesus lays that out and then the last couple of chapters we were looking at the miracles of jesus okay and how important it was that there are 37 different specific miracles listed but matthew chose only 10 of those to illustrate that the lord jesus christ is the promised messiah that the jews have been waiting for their entire lives so that's where we are all these miracles now it's important that we come off the miracles these amazing things and last week guys how many times we looked at the two miracles but it said and in the midst of that he healed everybody that came to them with every sickness and every disease so even though some ones are specifically called out, he healed everybody that came. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of miracles that Jesus did. Keep that in mind because of what we're going to look at this morning. Now, uh, all these things were done to prove that Messiah was here to declare to Israel that the king had come. Okay, here he is, the one that has been promised from the very beginning. Keep going. So Jesus calls the 12 in verse 1 through 4. We just read it. In Genesis chapter 29 and 30, God establishes the children of Israel with 12 men. Okay, the children of Israel. Uh, something you'll notice through the Bible. We don't get heavy into numerology because some people can go crazy with it. But it's interesting how many times God uses the number 12 to represent the children of Israel. Okay, here he did it with the sons of Israel, the 12 tribes, and God, in his wisdom, in how to impress upon the Jews that Messiah was here as the promised king of Israel, he chooses 12 men, identical to what God did with Israel, with Jacob Israel. Okay, chose 12 to represent. Okay, God did that purposefully. Here, in Matthew, Jesus chooses those 12 men to do that same image, guys. Again, this is a screaming illustration to people who are Jewish. You and I are like 12, 15, who cares, whatever it was. To a Jewish person, the children of Israel were begun with 12 men in leadership. Jesus here, Messiah, the king of the Jews, to sit on the throne of David, and 12 men are put into leadership. There's no, God is not doing this by accident. This is an absolute blazing illustration. Okay, keep going. 
So, the theme today is Jesus calls out his disciples. Now, I brought up a slide that has been up when we first started Matthew almost every week. Okay, because God has a plan. Jesus has a calling. And I've asked you many times to ponder where you are in his calling. Okay, number one, he calls us to salvation. I'm hoping and praying that every one of you have confirmed that with the Lord, that we're all sinners, we've got a sin problem, and we fall short of God's glory. God cannot use us, and we certainly cannot join him in heaven someday if we are still stained with our sin. But thank the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ came to die for our sins, and he can cleanse us, and he exchanges our sin for his righteousness. How awesome is that? Number two, he calls us to service, and this is kind of where we are today. The disciples, he's saying, okay, guys, you've sat around long enough watching me do this. Now it's time for you to go out and do some stuff. Okay, then he calls the sacrifice. Remember we saw the, uh, uh, Peter and James and John, they were fishermen. They saw Jesus, they believed in him, but they went back to fishing. Then he comes and sees them again, and then they were following him, doing some things. And then Jesus finally says, listen, you're going to leave your nets and follow me from this point forward. No more goofing around, no more going back to the old ways, sacrifice and become one of my disciples. Okay, And then we talked about separated leadership, that there's a point in which Jesus says to every one of us, all right, you believe, you're serving, okay, you're, you're, you're really putting me first on your list, now it's time for you to start leading, okay, and then shepherding. So not only do you step up and start taking a leadership position, now you're feeding God's sheep. You're taking the word of God and sharing it with others. I'm not going to tell you, again, I've said this many times, I'm not going to say where you are on this list. You have to tell God, between you and he, where you are on this list. Because the call is the same for every single one of us. Hasn't changed. And we're going to talk about this. You can't talk about Jesus sending out his disciples without the fact reminding ourselves that we're sent out. Okay? Every one of us. Now. All right. Keep going. Notice, in verse 1, they are called disciples, learners. Okay? That's what the word means. And guys, if you were in Sunday school this morning, we understood the transition between disciples and saints. I'm not going to repeat it. Go listen to Sunday school. All right. Um, in verse 2, they are called apostles. So at first, this is the illustrating, number one, that you've been sitting around learning long enough. Now, he says, of the twelve, I'm going to call you apostles, apostolos, right? Sent ones. Now, uh, I wrote this up here. Uh, we don't have, we don't do services in Latin in church. Some places still do. Okay, but the word missio is the same word, sent one. It's the word we get missionary from. So you get the idea what's going on here? Jesus is sending out these apostles as missionaries. Okay, Jesus, I've, I've been healing. I've been doing all this stuff to confirm who I am. People have been confirming that. Now I'm taking you guys who are my closest followers, you 12 leadership that I've chosen, and I'm sending you out as missionaries into this world to take the gospel. All right? You with me so far? This is important. I hope you caught on to it. We were talking about footsteps of Jesus, we sang. We were thinking, anywhere with Jesus I can safely go, right? God sent us out too. That's the theme for today if you haven't picked up on it yet. Okay, so 
in Philippians chapter 4, uh, chapter 2, verse 25. Interesting phrase here. He says, yet, I suppose it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and your companion in labor, fellow servant and your messenger. Guess what that word is, messenger? Apostolos. Sent one. Okay? So even in later in the church thing, he's saying, listen, if you're a messenger of the gospel, you're a sent one. Okay, so Jesus is sending these guys out, but it's setting a pattern now that's going to get continued on through the rest of the Christian existence. Keep going. He gave them power over signs, or power in verse 1, signs and wonders later on as well. Want to deal with this very carefully. We dealt with stuff in Sunday school that we want to deal with carefully in regards to this as well. A special gift for these apostles. He said, go out, heal the sick, heal the diseased. God gave them a special gift at this point. All right? Now, just to be clear, and I wrote it up there in parentheses, can God still heal? Yes. Does anybody have the gift of healing anymore? No. Okay, why? Because we don't need it. All right, we'll talk about this. If you were in Sunday school this morning, we saw that there are transitions between the Gospels and how the Jewish disciples differ from the church and the way things. The Jews, we'll read the verse in a few minutes, so I'm jumping ahead of myself. The Jews are looking for a sign. That's what they're always looking for. Why? Because God promised them a sign. Okay? If it says, when you see such and such happen, then this is going to happen. Well, guess what? Everybody goes, ooh, we're waiting for such and such to happen. God never gave that commandment to you and I as Gentiles, did he? Why? Because he worked with the Jews. It is not hard to understand. It just, we've got to get the concept in our brains. We're not, as Gentiles, sitting around going, well, I'm just waiting for God to do what he said he was going to do. But to Israel, he had told them many times, when Messiah comes, this is what is going to happen. There are going to be great wonders that happen. Many signs and wonders. So guess what? When signs and wonders start happening, the Jews go, Oh, ah, God said that was going to happen. That is why this is so important. Jesus just accomplished all these miracles. We're going to look at the verse from John the Baptist again in a minute. These miracles that Jesus were doing were promised that that's what Messiah would do. And then the Bible talks about there will be many signs and wonders to confirm his people. And that is why now when he's sending out these apostles, they're given the power to do signs and wonders. I, Craig Fisher, the most holy reverend of Bethel Bible Church, even I can't say that one without getting, okay, I don't have to do signs and wonders because I'm not reaching out to a Jewish population waiting for signs and wonders. Neither do you. Okay, this was for Jewish folks because they were promised this. All right, so hang with me. All right, the first time we've seen these signs and wonders are with Moses, and you want to know why? We're going to read the verse in a minute. Moses sees a burning bush, right? God says, I'm going to send you to deliver the people that are in bondage in Egypt. And Moses says, how are they going to listen to me? How are they going to take me seriously? 
why would they even think that I have the ability to do this? And God says, because I'm going to show them signs and wonders, and that will confirm that you are the deliverer. Okay? Now keep that in mind, because <laughs> this is going to put a big bow on this thing that Matthew has been trying to do with the miracles of Jesus. Okay? Signs and wonders were given to Moses to prove that Moses was there because God sent him. All right, let's look at the verses. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. I only put 8 just so that you can read the rest of it later if you want. And it came to pass, if they will not believe, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that they may believe the voice of the latter sign. Remember the signs? Throw the staff on the ground, it turns to a serpent. Pick the staff back up, it turns back to a staff. Put your hand inside your coat. Take it out, it's leprous. Put it back inside and it comes out clean again. God said, I'm going to give you signs and wonders to show the children of Israel that you are sent by Jehovah God. Why did he give Jesus signs and wonders and his disciples? To prove that he was sent by Jehovah God. It hasn't changed. Same thing. Okay, keep going. Moses, the deliverer, did signs and wonders that they may believe. Jesus and the apostles did it for the same exact reason. God is continuously confirming his word, always. He does nothing haphazardly. Everything is a purpose. So Jesus' disciples, his apostles, are sent forth with this ability to heal to confirm that Jesus was sent by God. Okay, keep going. Elijah and Elisha did many signs and wonders. But their imagery, their picture that they are illustrating to us is the tribulation time and guys when we study through the book of revelation we saw that when the tribulation comes around there will be many signs and wonders and many false signs and wonders okay god has promised he confirms his word guys there's not a single thing in this bible that's there accidentally or god just put in for filler everything is of utmost importance all right keep going second thessalonians and then shall that wicked be revealed. Who is that wicked, Revelation studiers? The Antichrist, the one who, that wicked, that's why it's capitalized. Whom the Lord shall consume with the fire of his mouth and shall destroy the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Do you want to know why, folks, in the near future, when Antichrist shows up, that the Jews embrace him? Because they listen to signs and wonders. Because that's what they're waiting for. There's nothing in God's word accidental. Keep going. Signs are to show Israel the presence of the deliverer. That's how it was with Moses. That's how it will be. That's how it is with Jesus. That's how it's going to be when Antichrist shows up. Why? Because in the Old Testament, over and over and over, God said, when you see signs and wonders, pay attention. Because I'm working. Okay? The Jews require a sign. How do we know that? Glad you asked. Oh, we'll get to that verse in a minute. Okay, do, oops, no, go ahead. I'm having a, woo, my ESPN is off. Okay. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 26. Then the Lord brought forth... Uh, us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with terribleness, and with signs, and with wonders. And he hath brought us unto this place, 
And, and I put this extra verse. I didn't have to put this one here. But I put this verse on purpose, and i got to make it commercial just a second. He hath brought us unto this place and hath given us this land, even the land that floweth with milk and honey. Um, God brought them out of Egypt with many signs and wonders, okay, because Moses was a deliverer. But uh, here's the commercial. There's a question right now about who owns the land that Israel is occupying. God gave them that land all the way back then. Okay, that land that is called Palestine right now is actually in the tribe of Dan and Simeon. That land was deeded to Israel some 3,500 years ago. Okay, this idea that uh, they're occupying it only since 1949 is a bunch of bunk. Okay, that is that land that they are squabbling over right now in the Gaza Strip, this is the commercial, has been their land for thousands of years. Okay, so don't buy into this whole shenanigans that are being, I mean, granted, a two-state thing, they can make it work, they can live with one another, but for anybody that says the Jews are the occupiers that don't belong there and they've only been there since 1949, do not know history. Guys, you remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? When the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar came in and took the children of Israel hostage from the land that God had given them. You know how long ago King Nebuchadnezzar was in power? Like 513 BC. And the children of Israel were already in the land as a nation then. I just, that's a commercial for you because there's a lot of shenanigans being talked about in this world. And even if you look up the land of Israel that God deeded to them, the new maps etch out a little spot for Palestine. That was never there. That's only the new maps. If you go look by uh, uh, books and uh, encyclopedias that were written 40, 50 years ago, that's not there. Okay? It's, Palestine has only been, anyway, there's the commercial for you. At least 3,500 years ago, that land has been Israel's. Anyway, that's why I put that verse in there. God has given them that land from the time that Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. All right, keep going. By many signs and wonders. Here's the point, guys. For the Jews require a sign. You and I, as Gentiles, we need wisdom. That's why in the church age that is now dealing with a mostly Gentile bunch of believers, Christians, God has given us the wisdom that we need. Jews require a sign. Not because there's something in their brain that makes them require a sign. They require a sign because God told them there would be a sign. Okay, that's the key. God said, there's going to be a sign. And they are, have been for thousands of years going, where's the sign? And now God gives the sign. God never breaks a promise. All right, keep going. Hebrews. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto them that heard him, God also bearing witness of them, both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Salvation begun to be spoken by the Lord and confirmed by signs, wonders, and miracles. 
Okay, that is why this is so important. That when Jesus sent forth these Jewish apostles to minister to whom? We'll be there in a second. They were given signs and wonders. Okay, now keep going. Deuteronomy. Love this. According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb, in the days of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see a great fire any more, that I die. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. Keep going. I will raise up a prophet, capital P, speaking of Messiah, among their brethren, like unto thee, Moses. That's who God is speaking to. And will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak unto them all that I have commanded him. God is saying to Moses, I'm going to bring somebody with the signs and wonders, just like you, Moses. He will be Messiah. Okay, you with me so far? This is so important because all these miracles and everything that the, Jew, the apostles are about to do in these signs and wonders is because God said, this is what's going to be the confirmation. Keep going. Matthew. Jesus answered and said to them, go. Remember this? John's disciple, John says, uh, guys, I'm still not sure about this Jesus guy. Send, go, go talk to him. I want to find out, is he really the one that God promised? Is he Messiah? So these two guys show up, and Jesus answers them, and we read this a couple of weeks ago. Okay? He said, go and tell, uh, show John again these things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. He says, you want to know the proof on whether or not I'm Messiah? That's the proof. Signs and wonders. Okay, so why did the apostles have to do signs and wonders? To confirm that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. All right, keep going. This power that was going to show forth the king was specifically a sign for the Jews. Let me read that again. This was specifically a sign for the Jews. Those of you who were in Sunday school, okay, we talked about how the beginning of the book of Acts was all Jews. Not until chapter 8 did it go to the Samaritans, and not until chapter 10 did it go to the Gentiles. By that point, the signs and wonders weren't as important. The word of God was what was important. Okay? Signs are for the Jews. Again, we as Gentiles don't go back and say, you know... Those heathen nations back, you know, 4,000 years ago had promises from God that we're waiting for. No. The only one that God promised signs and wonders to were for the Jews, not for us. So, here we go. So what happens if some church says to us, well, have you received the gift of tongues, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, fill in the blank. And I'm telling you, I'm sorry, if you haven't dealt with it, praise God. I'll tell you, just leave it be. But there are churches out there, well, just, you know, have you received the gift of tongues yet? Well, I'll pray for you that God will complete your salvation by allowing you to have the gift of tongues. Why? I'm not a Jew. I don't need a sign to Jewish people. We don't live in that era anymore. We live in the church age that the entire world is being reached through the preaching of the gospel, not through signs and wonders. Okay, and if you want a side note, I'll, show, I'll walk you through it at some point. You know that the tongues especially 
God says tongues aren't for the believer. They're for the unbeliever. And tongues aren't for a sign for Gentiles. It's a sign for a Jew. So you want to know the only time in a public setting where tongues is effective is if there is an unbelieving Jew present. If there is no unbelieving Jew present, then the signs are unbiblical. Then the sign of tongues is unbiblical. Because God says it's not for believers. It's for unbelievers. It's not for Gentiles. It's for Jews. So unless there is an unbelieving Jew in, in earshot of your tongues, then it is inappropriate. Now, here's the question. If you have a church that's speaking in tongues, I bet you there are thousands of them right now, and I bet you most of them do not have an unbelieving Jew present. That's not me, guys. That's Bible. You look at Corinthians where Paul describes what tongues are, and he makes it very clear. It's for unbelievers and for Jews. If those two evidences are not there, then the sign is useless, okay, because it's for the Jews. All right. We need to know the word of God. We need to be careful. These signs that the apostles were given, you and I don't have to go, God, when you sent those disciples out in Matthew chapter 10 and gave them power over disease and healing, we need that in our church, Bethel Bible Church. No, we don't. Because it has nothing to do with the ministry that we are now in in this time. Nothing to do with it. All right, keep going. All right, the men. Just listed them off, just like the Bible did. Number one, Peter always appears first. Peter's brother, uh, Andrew, Peter's brother. James, the son of Jeb Zebedee, and John, his brother, the sons of thunder. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon of Zealots, and Judas Iscariot. Just as a thought on the side, here's a good one for you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. No Mark, no Luke. <laughs> Sometimes we automatically think those four Gospels, were, four of them were apostles. They weren't all. Okay, just as, there's the list. So if anybody needs to win a trivia contest someday, there you go. All right? God lists them all out. Keep going. There was also James, the half-brother of Jesus, if you want to look that up. We're not going to look it up today. Who was called an apostle. Okay? And... Paul and Barnabas were also called apostles. Now, there is one, one qualifier. There's several to be an apostle. But one in particular is that you had direct contact and heard teaching and were in proximity of Jesus. Okay, that is the one thing. If you look at the word apostle used in the scripture, it is never used for anyone that never had physical encounter with Jesus himself. Now, again, in churches today, they'll use that word apostle all the time. Okay, you got Bishop Johnson and somebody this, an apostle somebody. Listen, careful. Now, you can use that term if you want to, but it's not the same a term that the scripture is using. Okay, when it talks about apostles in the Bible, guys, remember in Sunday school, we talked about the fact that God uses the word disciple through the Gospels and into, uh, into Acts, but after that, he doesn't use the word disciple ever again. In all the church epistles, the word disciple is not used. It's used saint now. 
These things are important. The word apostle is specifically used in the scripture only to refer to people who would have had a literal encounter with Christ. So if somebody wants to use the word apostle today, they can put whatever, whatever title they want, you know, the right holy reverend bishop, whatever they want to call themselves, but it's not the biblical term that God's talking about. Okay? Just, we want to be clear. We want to be biblical. All right? They're quite a group, isn't it? Paul, Barnabas, the half-brother of Jesus, and all these. is quite a list of dudes. All right. They were sent to the Jews only. Did you catch that? When we read it? Now, guys, again, we covered this carefully in Sunday school because I knew we were going in this direction. There's a transition period. When Jesus first sent out the, the, the apostles, they were only supposed to go preach the gospel to the Jews. Now, is that what you and I are supposed to do as Christians? No, we're going to throw a verse up there in a second from Matthew, chapter, the, the Great Commission that says, go you into the world to preach the gospel to every person. So, so what's going on here? Jesus had a mental breakdown or something, right? Uh, I've got to send you, no. It's because Jesus is focusing on his position as the Jewish Messiah. There will be a time, Matthew chapter 13, okay, remember I said in Sunday school sometimes numbers, people say, ah, the chapters don't matter much. In the Bible, the number 13 uh, is rebellion, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus looks and says, I'm no longer going to minister to the Jews. I'm going to turn my attention to Gentiles. And from that point on, he starts speaking in parables. It's a transition period. But Jesus first sends them out and says, only go to Jews. Well, isn't that, what would be a, the word anti-Semitic means, right, anti-Jewish. What is it, anti-Gentilic? make up terms as we go along well wait a minute how come that's only jews because the focus when jesus arrived first with signs and wonders was to jews he didn't send them to samaritans and didn't send them to the gentiles because signs and wonders didn't make any difference to them we get in this again i don't want to keep harping on this but this is so important in our new testament church age that we're not pushing for signs and wonders to happen in the church he says this message is for Jews only. Okay, don't go to the house of the, the, the Samaritans or the house of the Gentiles. This is only for those who are the house of Israel. All right, keep going. This is the difference, a different commandment that we have today. Right? This was not a church commandment. We know this. You ought, you ought to be able to quote this one. Okay, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Pause there. Teach how many nations? But not just Jews? Okay. Okay. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus, when he sends these guys out with a Jewish message, with Jewish shines and wonders, says, go to the Jews only. For you and I as a church, we go unto all nations with the gospel keep going romans chapter 10 12 jesus now <laughs> sunday school guys it, listen if you need to go back and listen to sunday school there's good stuff here there's a transition between the gospels which jesus where where, where you are and romans the romans road and salvation 
God does something amazing. Go to the Jews only, he says here, but there is no difference between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, because of the signs and wonders, because of the confirmation, one like Moses, the prophet, will come with signs and wonders. He's going to the Jews saying, listen, Messiah has arrived. But when it comes to you and I as a church and the doctrines in Romans, there's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. We're all the same. We all need a Savior. We all need someone to forgive us of our sins. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not Jews, not Gentiles, whosoever. Keep going. What were they sent to preach? Now, this is a big deal. They're not going to preach salvation to the entire world. That's what we are. Going into all nations, preaching. They were sent to preach. Keep going. Oh, I went ahead and talked to this. Uh, so... They weren't sent to preach the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. How do we know that that's what the gospel is? Well, God's very good about this. He defined what the gospel is. Okay, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Ta-da! Okay, which I preach unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. You keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Here's the gospel. For I have delivered it to you, first of all, which I also received how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and rose again a third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. Now, maybe it's me. Because I got simple brain. Jesus is not telling these guys to go preach the gospel about his death, burial, and resurrection before his death, burial, and resurrection. Right? This is pretty straightforward. So we're not talking about the gospel of forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation. Jesus hasn't won that yet. He's telling these guys to go out and preach something different. Okay? Keep going. They were to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Their job was to go out and say, you see these signs and wonders we're doing? This is because Messiah is here. And the craziest part is if the Jews would have accepted Jesus as Messiah, he would have set up the millennial kingdom right then and there. But he didn't, because he had to go to the cross. But their message wasn't going out knocking on doors. Have you died today? Have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? That wasn't the message. But sometimes when church people start reading this verse, oh yeah, they went out door knocking, these disciples... They did not go talking about Jesus' work of salvation. He hadn't been to the cross yet. This was a solely Jewish message. The kingdom of heaven is here. Messiah, the promised one. Look at the signs and wonders. He's here. How cool is that? Okay. Keep going. So, then God did something awesome. Not then in the chapter, but then in history. He made it possible for both Jews and Gentiles to become a brand new thing, a Christian. That's where you and I are right now. Now, remember I started this and I told you the theme of today is we are also sent. Hey, Jesus sent these Jewish 12 to reach out to the Jews only, 
with a Jewish message about signs and wonders because Messiah was here. But you and I are sent ones. Go ye into all the world. And we have a different message. Not that their Jews have one thing and the Gentiles have another, but that every single one of us can become something brand new, and that's Christian. And how awesome is that? And see, that's where, personally, right now, I struggle. Well, I'm praying for Israel because God told us to pray for Israel because we're, they are fellow believers in Jehovah God, but they've missed their Messiah. And as much as I love their, the people of Israel, it breaks my heart that they don't understand that he's taken Jews and Gentiles and melded them into one new possibility, and that's a Christian. How awesome God is. Keep going. But now in Christ, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of petition between us. If you read the first couple of verses, it talks about the children of Israel and the circumcision and then the Gentiles. Well, God took down that wall that divides us. In God's eyes, it's not Jews and Gentiles anymore. It's believers or unbelievers. We have a message to go take. And that is every single person in this planet needs to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Keep going. Christians... We're also sent ones with that message of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. These disciples, apostles, were sent out with a Jewish message solely to focus on Messiah being the completion of God's word. We are also sent ones to preach the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus offers salvation to whoever will receive it, will accept him as Savior. So, talking about the history of Jesus sending out these men for a specific purpose, well, Jesus has sent you and I out for a specific purpose. So go and tell the message. That's it. What a great message we have. It's so simple. We don't have to understand the difference between Jews and Gentiles. We don't have to understand the Old Testament prophecies. We don't have to know all that cultural stuff all we have to know is every single human that walks this earth has a sin problem and that the lord jesus christ came as the spotless son of god to offer himself so that he could take your sin and my sin forgive it and give us his righteousness instead and that message is for every person so we'll develop this out a little bit more in the next couple of weeks as Jesus has sent out these disciples specifically to the Jews and what that meant and how that transforms through the rest of the book. But I want us to leave with understanding that God did that in the beginning for the Jews, but he still sent us out with a message. Are you sharing it? It's not as easy as it sounds sometimes, but it's still something we ought to be doing. Go into all the world preach the gospel to every creature, every nation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you had a plan, you're keeping your plan. Always, always, you do not mince words, you do not make mistakes, there's no fluff in your Bible. And so, Father, when you send out these apostles to the Jews only, 
with signs and wonders, it's because you wanted to confirm to the children of Israel, the Jews, that their Messiah had arrived. But Father, you send us out, not with signs and wonders, but with the word of God, not to say that the Jewish Messiah has arrived, but that the Savior of the world has come and completed the mission that God had designed before this world began. And so, Father, what an awesome responsibility we have to go out and share the one cure to humanity's sin, and that's Jesus. So, Father, as much as we are sent ones as well, help us to go out there and take every opportunity we have to talk about our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.